0: Welcome to Whatever It Takes Radio, helping you do whatever it takes to succeed in marriage and in life. I'm your host, Paul Speed, and I'm in the studio today with my wife, Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Hey, honey. It's an honor to be with you, and I'm excited about um, what we're going to be talking about today. Um, In a previous episode, um, we shared um, kind of an epiphany God gave me last year in the area of conflict and how it really has transformed my life in so many ways. Um, but mainly in the area of not shutting down, being able to be um, articulate and recognize that conflict is not bad. That conflict can be good and it can be beneficial. And, um, and that's important for a lot of listeners, I know, um, that listen to it, to be able to not run away from conflicts, but to be able to grab hold of God's grace and to do whatever it takes to engage someone. To get outside of ourselves and realize that conflict can be good and it's good to walk through one for brothers to be able to walk together in unity. But there's another aspect, Jenny, that um, in the area of conflict that was big for you this last year and um, that's kind of what I want to talk with you about today and it comes from a verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 9, I believe. You want to share that verse?
1: Yeah, it's actually Proverbs 9, 8, and it says, Do not reprove or rebuke a fool, for he will despise you, but rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Uh, That verse was given to me uh, several years ago, actually, by an older mentor in my life. She gave me that verse, and then she gave me a book titled Foolproofing Your Life by Jan Silvellis. And this book turned out to be a major um, book in my life that I really gleaned so much understanding and why I kept getting caught up in so much drama. Um, you know, in the ministry, what we do. And as a woman, there's always drama. And, you know, some of the times I'm the cause of the drama, I'll be honest. And I've had to ask the Lord to show me, God, is this drama coming because of me? Am I creating this Lord? Is there repentance needed in my life? Or is this drama that I'm being drawn into by other people And so when this book was given to me and I began to read it and go through and start to look and see, am I trying to help someone who really isn't wanting help? They just want to talk. They just want to share. Uh, They just want to be heard. They really don't want to be well. They just want to be right. And so when I began to look at people from that perspective and say, okay, so this person really doesn't want to hear where they're wrong. They don't want to hear what they can do to change. They just want someone to listen to them. Then I was able to say, you know what? I really can't spend a lot of time in this relationship with this person. I need to move on to other people who really want help, who really want to, to change. And so that really helped me because I was getting bogged in a lot of relationships that were just spinning me out. And so, but as I began to think about that and I began to look at, uh, instead of just looking at everyone around me and saying, is this person a fool or is this person a wise man? I had to stop and apply that truth to my own self first. And so I started looking at myself and saying, Jenny, am I the kind of woman who is open to rebuke? Am I the kind of woman who says to the people around me who know me well, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to know where I'm blind, the things in my life that I'm not seeing correctly, because I do want to change. Or am I that fool who throws up a wall and says, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I want to do things my way because my way is right. And so as I begin to set out to do that, uh, one of the things that I have done is I have gone to people that are close to me, and I've asked them, please share with me what you see in me. Don't allow me to continue walking with blind spots. Gone to my children. Uh, I've come to you, Paul, Mm -hmm. and I've asked you, when there's been a conflict with someone else in my life, I've come to you and said, you see this conflict, you know what's going on, will you please show me my blind spots? Will you speak truth to me? I don't want to be a fool. So this really, this podcast today is not about going out and looking for people that you can point a finger at. It's about looking at yourself and asking God to show you the deeper areas in your heart that maybe you don't even see
0: Mm. that
1: need to come to the light.
0: Wow. Well, I was hoping it was going the other direction. (laughs)
1: <laughs> why is
0: that? I'd much rather look at other people and say well see I don't need to be rebuking them or doing anything with them because they're a fool it's easier to identify those around us maybe but I think the deeper question is and I like that question um, am I? in other words God what about me? and that really is what matters uh, I can look back over my life at times that you know I invested a lot of time in some men uh, particular um, young men maybe and it just didn't seem to go anywhere. I had a lot of conversations, a lot of things, but then I look back at other men where it just seemed to be received so well. And I know there's a time of sowing seed. Maybe there's hard soil. Maybe there's um, some are ready for harvest. But I'm reminded, as you um, read that verse in um, Proverbs, that Proverbs 18:2 says, "A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion." Wow. And a lot of those conversations. Um, you know, I look back, maybe it was just my lack of impact, maybe there were other things, but I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot of time with some people that didn't really want help. They just wanted, um, to talk, to express their ideas, their views, to get into debates with me and so forth. And I probably shouldn't have been spending the amount of time with them, um, as I should have. I'm reminded of a time, I think when you were in the Los Angeles Olympics, I believe, back, um. A long time ago. A long, long time ago. But <laughs> I was young. But share with the listeners what they told you, because I think that um, we can tie that in just a little bit here.
1: Yeah, I was very young. Had just um, come to know the Lord uh, maybe a year earlier, and I was in a part of uh, Youth with a Mission (YWAM), and we were doing a ministry outreach in Los Angeles, California during the Olympics. And this was boy, 1984. 80. Maybe 84, 86, long time ago. When were we married? And we were married in 88. So, so it wasn't, was, wasn't that. So no, it wasn't that, yeah. Yeah, 84. And so we were out there, and um, part of the outreach that we were doing was with Jews for Jesus. And so we went through some training for that, and we were going to be out on the streets with these backpacks with pamphlets and brochures uh, that we were to identify the Jewish people in the community and to share these brochures with them. Well, uh, for those of our listeners who are familiar with uh, Orthodox Jews, they don't take too lightly the people sharing the gospel with them, and uh, they can sometimes be very angry. And so we had to go through a lot of training and how to approach this and what to say and what not to say, to not be offensive. And so, but one of the things that went they told us in our training, I just really disagreed with, and that was, that if you've been talking to someone on the streets, and not just you know Jewish people of Jewish faith, but anyone, and you've been talking to them, and after five minutes they are not asking you questions and beginning to, you need to pass by them and end the conversation and go on to the next person.
0: So just five minutes.
1: Yeah, it was In like words. five, five, ten minutes. It, not very long at not, all. Not like very long. Hmm. And so as I'm. Uh, out there and I'm engaged in a conversation and you know they weren't asking me any questions it was very uh one of my leaders came up and said hey Jenny I saw you. you took a really long time with that conversation and you were you know you need to learn to end your conversations and move on to the next person and I started to argue with them and say you know but wait but you don't know if da 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 and so give my opinion and so what they explained to me is that we have an enemy And this enemy comes uh, to bring chaos and conflict. And so they said that the enemy will bring people in your life when you're standing out in that street corner that are not open to the gospel at all. Mm. They're not open to truth. The enemy will bring them to get you off track. And you'll stand there and you'll be talking to this person and, and they're not open to anything that you have to say because the enemy knows the person that just walked by you was open to the truth. And he wants to distract you with this other person to keep the the one who is open to truth from hearing truth. And so they said, you know, we really, really want to encourage you to submit to our authority that we've been doing this for years. We know the enemy's tactics. So, you know, follow follow the rules. And so, you know, in my young youthfulness and my rebellion at that time to, you know, I want to do my own thing, I did submit. I stopped and I said, okay, they know more than I do. I need to listen to them. Mm -hmm. And as a result Mm -hmm. of that, all of a sudden, I began to be able to get involved in some really good conversations uh, that led to uh, people really getting clear understanding of the true gospel.
0: Wow. So oftentimes, again, um, and I know this isn't the aspect you're going to be asking the question about looking at ourselves, but in terms of us externally in our relationship with others, um, rebuke a fool, as the scripture says that you read. And he'll despise you Uh, rebuke a wise man and he'll love you and um and i think that that's one area that we need to look at our own lives and look at the arguments look at the conflicts that we have with certain people and we have to stop and say number one look at ourselves which is what you're getting ready to talk about but then also look at the other person and say do i need to be in an argument with this person is scripture warning me not to do this but yet i continue to think i can change this person or i can influence them and we're just beating our head against the rock.
1: Yeah, that's really good because one of the things we don't want to set up here, Paul, is uh, what you fell into for most of your life, and that is to be a conflict avoider. Mm-hmm. That you conflict. So we don't want to give a, a, a golden bullet to those conflict avoiders that they're able to say, oh, see, they're a fool. I don't want to go into this conflict because they're a fool and I don't want to talk to them and I'm just going to avoid. <laughs> so this isn't a, a, a ticket for that, okay? But it's being able to, okay, I'm not a conflict avoider. I will go into conflict because. When I feel that the Lord is leading me, I will go into it with the right attitude, the the right objective, not to win the conflict, not to, to dominate the conflict, but to bring resolution, uh, to bring understanding for that person to feel loved and heard and uh, to come alongside them in a godly way. So that that's the good thing, right. but there are times when you just don't need to be in the conflict. And again, it's not avoiding out of a wrong reason, but it's realizing that this conflict is just a distraction that right. the enemy is trying to bring in your life. And right. so, that's been very big for me is identifying these, um, hmm. you know, these different situations and do I need to be in this conflict? And so looking at that and looking at the person that I'm talking to and asking this question that do they want to be well, or do they just want to be right?
0: Mm. That,
1: that's huge.
0: That's a huge question. And I think that helps leapfrog back to your second question, which was yourself. How do we look at ourselves in this? In other words, just answering that question, I'd have to see myself in a conflict and stop and say, Paul, Do you want to be well or do you just want to be right in this conflict, this disagreement, whatever that might be? Um, How have you seen as far as us being able to self-diagnose ourselves, so to speak? In other words, to to see. In other words, how am I in this conflict? Am I a fool that people avoid or that people should avoid? In other words, am I really open to correction maybe? Maybe that's the way to ask it. Yeah,
1: no, that's a great question. And I know that... God has just done a lot in my life over the years with this term right fighter, and um, a right fighter is someone who has to win. They have to be right, and so they will do whatever it takes to be right. And I can say, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I was definitely a right fighter for most of my life. Um, There was a fear that if I lose, Mm -hmm. then I am weak, and I will be dominated, and I will be hurt. hurt. And so the goal in every confrontation was to win. And so as God began to change that in me and I began to release that, release my reputation. That was huge, releasing my reputation about what others thought about me. I don't have to be right. I don't have to be Right letting that go, God really began to soften me and give me just a whole new view of confrontation and conflict. And so I don't go into conflict now with that wrong motive or that wrong goal of winning. I go through into conflict saying, I really want to see this person feel heard, feel understood, and I want to come alongside them. I don't, I'm not looking to win it I just want there to be a godly resolution that brings glory to God. Mm. Totally different totally different view of conflict than I had earlier in my life. Mm. And so an example of that would be what we shared in the last podcast about just the house situation where I knew what I wanted, I knew what I wanted in, you know, the location, the, you know, all that kind of stuff, and then but it was opposite of what you wanted. And so prior to this understanding in my life years ago, it would have been about me manipulating to get what I wanted. Again, I'm embarrassed to say these things in front of my, uh, the listeners. But, you know, I was very manipulative most of my life, you know, uh, and can still struggle with that if I don't stay connected to the spirit. Because the whole goal was always to get what I wanted. Wrong goal wrong goal. And so when I begin to recognize these things in myself, that am I manipulating to get what I want? Am I um, not listening to Paul to hear, but just listening to respond? Hmm. Because I know where I want to take this conversation. When I begin to stop that behavior and sit back and say, you know what, when I win, our marriage loses. Right. I want us to have a win-win. I want to sit here and I want to hear his hurts, hear his, his hopes, his desires, hear what he wants hear, and not be so focused on me. Hmm. Things begin to change.
0: Right. Well, it sounds like it's hard to be a fool if you are seeking a win-win relationship or outcome to a conflict. Um, I think of, you know, for me, it was a, it was a limiting belief. I think it's what we said um, on the other podcast to believe that conflict was bad and not good, that it was um, something to be avoided at all cost, it equaled a lack of love or commitment and so forth. And the same thing, what you're expressing is for much of your life, or part of your life, as you said, you would go into a conflict with a overwhelming desire. You had to win. You had to conquer. You had to, out of your own false belief, that this would make you safe, that this mm-hmm. would protect you. But yet, in reality, it was hurting relationships around you. You weren't deepening them because you were conquering.
1: Yes. So it's
0: easy to see how both ends of the spectrum are creating almost the same problem. But yet you come out of it thinking it's good now. Hey, it's done. The conflict's been resolved because he saw it my way. Yeah. And don't realizing that, no, that the com- that that was a relationships, loss. yeah, it's been a huge loss. So that's powerful.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I can say that uh, in personal relationships outside of marriage, you know, I've seen how this has affected that, just this ability to stop and say, I'm not here to win this. I'm not here to dominate this person and prove that I'm right. I'm here to love well. That has Mm -hmm. been right. The theme of my life in these last months, uh, Paul, has been love well. And it's no... Um, surprise I don't think to our audience that you and I have uh, six children and not all of those children have uh, made choices that you and I have approved of or went along with or wanted and we haven't hidden that that's pretty much out there we have a son who just went through divorce and um, we didn't want that but the goal through all that was I want to love well I want to love well Whether I agree with this person, whether I don't agree with this person, whether I think what they're doing is in the best uh, interest of all parties or whatever, doesn't matter. Hmm. I want to love well. And so that has been a whole mind change for me, not trying to prove to them that they're wrong and that I'm right, uh, not just dealing with this particular son. But I have uh, six children again, and I have another son who is uh, 24 years old, and he doesn't mind me saying this. He is just like Jenny Speed. He's a spitting image of me, and as a uh, uh, that's not a good thing because that means we butt heads continually. And one of the things that he and I have seen is that because we've both dealt with this right fighter mentality that we had to dominate and had to be right, we would just lock heads and we would literally be like two rams, you know, are <laughs> locked up together, pushing back on each other back and forth. And now that has so changed because we both have realized this and we are able to have disagreements. Him as a 24-year-old man and me as his mother, have disagreements and, and, and view things differently without the lockup because we're not trying to win. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to convince me and conquer me, and I'm not trying to convince and conquer him. Mm-hmm. I just want him to know and believe and feel that he has been heard and that his mother loves him, even though we disagree. Right. <laughs> and so that has been really good uh, for me to let go of trying to win and just saying, I just want to love well. I don't want to win. I don't want to conquer. That's not the goal. Right.
0: Well, I think it has been big. I've seen it um, not only in our relationship, but with the kids, I've seen a huge change um, in your relationship with them and their ability to respond to you and to come to you with honest disagreements maybe that they, in the past, they would have never brought up because mama ain't going like that. Mm-hmm. And they, they weren't willing to go there. But now I think them feeling a safe place to express their maybe disagreement with that or to challenge you on something. Um, I've seen you be able to take it. in other words, without blowing up, without freaking out, in other words, but to be able to have a dialogue with them so that they feel loved and heard. I know for me when I look back at that uh, my my change, my view change on the area of conflict, it didn't make me change, but it's given me a new power to change. In other words, Absolutely. In other words, now, it doesn't mean I'm going to speak up and do the right thing every time I'm in conflict, but something inside of me now says, Paul, you can because this isn't bad. This is good. This is needed, and, and you can do this, and, and I'm able to. Um, doing a win-win situation, in other words, what you're talking about there with um, am I a fool and looking at yourself, Um, Are there anything else? I I think one of the things you said was giving up your reputation, realizing internally, which is kind of like what I was just saying about myself. You realize internally you don't have to be right. Mm -mm. And I would say also is that also realizing internally you don't have to win. Right. Is besides looking at, say, the motivation behind it, in other words, why do I feel the need to win? Why do I feel I need to put this other person in their place? Or why do I feel I need to protect my reputation. Is there anything else that would help a listener that's maybe struggling in this area of um, conflict resolution or the lack of it?
1: Well, I think going back to the motive of it, why did I feel that way? There, there was a false belief, you know, uh, or as Michael Hyatt would call it, a limiting belief. And that is that if I'm wrong, uh, then I am wrong. There's something in me. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me, yeah. Mm, That's good. Um, So if I'm wrong, if I don't win this, if I'm wrong, then something's wrong with me. Mm. And so I had to win. And Mm. um, it's just almost a strange thing to explain, Paul, but it was just like this inter-driving force that said you have to win because if you are wrong, there is something wrong with you. And so, um, breaking that mindset and seeing that it was it was not of God. This was a demonic, wrong, uh, evil view in mm. life, and mm. it, it's this feeling of always got to protect, always got to, to control. Right. And so, letting go of that was just really huge for me. Mm. And
0: well, I think you know, for people that have heard on our website, we have our message from years ago overcoming the lies of the evil one and I think what you just said recognizing that if 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 I don't do this or that I'm gonna be hurt so you do whatever it takes to protect going to that place where for me I ran from conflict because again my feelings I'm a failure I'm a feeling I'm defective I can't do it I'm inadequate so to get in a conflict I was scared to death of conflict because I'm gonna lose I know going into it I'm gonna lose and I'm gonna be hurt I'm gonna be on the same type extreme so all of those things I think they impact us but the the key that I think you're bringing out here is that to be able to stop and look at ourselves and ask that question am I the fool Proverbs is talking about can people that are around me um, do they feel they have the freedom to engage me to question me to confront me and um, and that's a that's a healthy person that that can do that and, um, and to be able to do that, as you said, letting your reputation go, looking at what are the deep root motives behind that feel maybe I have to win or conquer, or in my case, run from conflict, identify those and own up to them so that we can be a wise man who can handle rebuke.
1: Yes, you know, Paul. The whole Hope Weekend, four days to hope that I do with women, is really uh, centered around this. These women come in and they're hurt, they're wounded. There's been a lot of betrayal in their life. There's been a lot of pain in their life, and so when they come in, they've been victimized, no doubt, and but if they stay there as a victim, they will never, ever break free. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I have to do on a weekend is ask the Lord to help me identify, um, and and this is going to sound so bad, and so I don't mean it to sound bad, but I have to identify, um, is this woman a wise woman or is she a fool? And so you can be a born-again believer, but still be a fool in areas in your life. And so And what I mean by that is that if she is a woman who comes in wounded hurt, and we hear her hurt, we hear her wounds, we walk her through them, we don't shut her down. We want to hear the pain. But by Sunday... If we still can't speak into that hurt and those woundedness uh, with a gentle rebuke of trying to point her to see her own sin and where change has to come in her own life because she can't change the other people around her, if we can't do that, then we realize that we're dealing with a fool. Uh, And I know that sounds very harsh, and I don't mean it harsh, but... It doesn't happen often. Let me say that to my listeners is that I would say that over my uh, five years of doing uh, Four Days to Hope weekends, uh, I've had very few women that I would say were fools. Uh, But I have had some. And these women are the women who came as a right fighter. They did not want to be told any area of their life where they were wrong. They came, they did not want to be well, they just wanted um, to talk. They just wanted somebody to listen
0: to them. Express their opinion and express
1: their opinion. Talk, share. They wanted. They they didn't want to be well. They wanted to be right. They wanted us to come alongside and say, "You are so right. You've been hurt so badly." And we do that. Believe me, we do that. But there's a time when that has to change. And you have to be willing to look at yourself and your own failures so that you can move forward. You'll never be able to walk forward as long as you're looking down at your own woundedness. Mm. How can you walk with your head down? Your head has to be lifted up. You have to get your eyes off of yourself and look forward to move forward. Mm. And so, you know, I will say that on a weekend, Uh, The women who do so well are the women who are not fools. They're wise women, and they will receive a rebuke. You can come to them, and you can share with them, you know, I know that you've been hurt and wounded in this area, but can you see where maybe your response to that was not good? The fool will immediately react to you and say, why are you blaming me? And you're like, I'm not blaming you. I'm just trying to get you to see an area, And, uh, and oh, they won't receive it. And then what happens, though, Paul, that is so sad is that the, the Scripture says that rebuke a fool and he will despise you. Rebuke a wise man and he'll love you. So those women, uh, praise God again, they're not many, they will leave the weekend and just speak negative words because someone, their team leader, their their coach for the weekend confronted them on their sin and they'll go away saying, you know, I can't believe this person said this about me. And then they they... Don't even look at all the other wonderful things that happen on the weekend. Mm-hmm. They're just looking at one person tried to confront a negative area in their life, but because they were a fool, they weren't willing to hear truth. And But the women that come that are not fools, that are totally open to rebuke, they leave, and it is amazing what God can do. And again, Paul, I do want to keep it in context that, honestly, over five years, I've only probably had two to three women that I would say left a weekend. And and that's a lot of women have attended four days to hope that left a win. But there have been, you know, Mm -hmm. I can remember one in particular came in Thursday night, everything was about her husband, everything was about her husband. I understand her husband had hurt her and wounded her. And come Sunday, when I ask, is there anything that you can see where you may have not Um, met the mark where you may have hurt or wounded your husband. Is there anything in your life that you can take personally? No, there's nothing. There's nothing. And for those who have known this woman and knew her well, there's plenty of things that we could see, but she could never look at herself. Mm. That's a fool.
0: Right. Wow. Well, this has been really good. I think um, your question still haunts me. And that is, am I a fool? I look back over my life and Unfortunately, I can see where many times I was a fool, where you challenged me or someone else was trying to speak into my life and I could not hear it. Um, All I wanted was to be heard. I wanted my opinion validated. um, But I wasn't willing to have sympathy uh, or to look externally at someone else's opinion. And unfortunately, I paid the price on those.
1: Well, I know that we've got to wrap up because we're running out of time. So I would like to challenge our listeners uh, to do something. This is a brave exercise. I did it several years ago when I was reading this book, Foolproofing Your Life. And uh, I made a point at that time, I don't want to be a fool. I want to be a wise woman that people can come to and can share with. And I'm open to acknowledging where I'm wrong so that I can change. And so one of the things that I did with that is I began to set out to, on a yearly, uh, an annual event, to sit down with my children and ask my children and my husband to share my blind spots with me and to go to them and say, I know that I can be blind. I know that I cannot see my own sin at times. Will you share with me areas in my life that you feel I'm blind in, areas in my life that you think I need to change? And that really was huge for me. Uh, just it took humility to do. I had to break through the fear that this was going to give them, you know, like handing them a baseball bat to beat mama up over the head or, or to say all the things they never always wanted to say. I had to trust God with that. And, but I tell you, out of those conversations, God began to help me to course correct negative areas in my life. And it has been amazing um, what's come out of that. Relationships that had um, been difficult with my you know, with some of my children, it opened up a way to be able to communicate and talk. And I was able to change those things that were causing blocks in those relationships. So I encourage our listeners, uh, be brave. If you really want to be able to uh, walk through conflict with those in your lives, start by asking yourself, Instead of looking at those around you and saying, are they fools? Ask yourself, am I a fool?
0: Hmm. Wow, that's powerful. Well, thank you, Jenny, um, for just having this discussion today. I, I know it's going to be beneficial um, for those that are listening. If you've got further questions or you want to know more about whatever it takes, ministries, or how we can help you, please contact us through our website or you can call us at 336-310-5050. And thank you again for joining with us today. So until next time, remember, your life can be different if you're willing to do whatever it takes.